0: this morning might be a gate crash, a train crash, I have to warn you. Um, I'm not Richard by the way. Richard was meant to be speaking and he he rang me about Tuesday, Wednesday and said, can you pull something together? So this is what we've pulled together um, in that short space of time. So I also apologise because we haven't got the um, accompanying visuals because I haven't had a chance to do that in the short space of time. So You'll have to try and doubly concentrate on my words, or just zone out, I don't mind. (laughs) But please don't yawn or whatever, that will discourage me. Um, So we've got half an hour, right, let's go for it. Um, So, what? a number of years ago, um, I watched this program on the telly, it was this murder mystery program, and I have to say, it was pretty naff. The acting was awful, the plot was pretty crap. But this is kind of almost how it went. And I've got some of it wrong, but the point's going to be relevant. You'll get it when you see it. Basically, it was in this village, and these people were getting bumped off, as they do in these sort of programs, in this village, right? And behind it all was this sort of evil cult that was kind of um, bumping these people off. And the detective was trying to, solve the mystery. And it turned out that what these people were doing is, is they would heard that hidden somewhere in this village was this ancient manuscript. And this ancient manuscript could unlock supernatural powers. And this ancient manuscript could give them all sorts of keys for wealth and keys for it, it, tapping into the supernatural, and they wanted this, and that was what the plot. So the plot went on, and anyway, it turned out that this manuscript was hidden in the church. And then, right at the end, it came to light, much to everybody's disappointment, that what this manuscript was, was an was ancient copy of the first translation of the Bible into the English language. So even though the plot was pretty rubbish and the acting was not very good and it wasn't a very good story, there is actually a point there. Because contained within that book, there are the keys to to tapping into the supernatural. There are the keys to meeting face-to-face with the living God. There are the keys to setting you free. There are the keys to living in life. And I just want to talk this morning a little bit about the Bible. Because a lot of people talk to me and they say that they struggle with how you read the Bible and how you tackle it and what we do with it. And, you know, it's a book that it's like people, people in the past have died for, people have, you know, um, given, given up everything to get the Bible in their, in their language. And so, what is it about this book? And, and I just, I'm just. Hopefully, I can just share with you just a few little tips and keys about how we can unlock some of the stuff in the Bible. Now, quite often, it, when you're in a church like ours, you'll you'll, you'll find that there are some people who um, are seen as kind of like holy spirit kind of people and they like all the gifts of the holy spirit and the worship and 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 the and the presence of god type stuff and then you get some people who well they're known as sort of the bible word people and they're into studying all the the bible and do you know what i want to i want to talk to us about being both yeah because if we're Holy Spirit, people tapping into the presence of God and all that kind of stuff. But we haven't got that. We don't understand the Bible and we don't read the Bible. We'll just end up being weird. That's what happens to people like that. Being blunt, you know, as someone who's often seen as weird. But I tell you, there's some weirder stuff in the Bible than many of our experiences. So, um, and then it, you. But if then, on the other hand, you're one of the people that's into studying the Bible and you like reading the Word and you approach it all very methodically like that. But you're doing it without the Holy Spirit and the supernatural of God, then you just become boring. <laughs> because it's just, an, it's just in there. And I want us to talk about being both and how we can be both. But I want to recognize that there are a number of us that often struggle with how we do it. How do you read this book? How do you read it in a living kind of way? And in the next few minutes, I just want to just give us some tips. I mean, it could be a whole seminar series, but we're just going to give you some some basics of it. So, Excuse me if some of this is really basic stuff, yeah. Um, but just right at, at the basics, just a bit about the Bible. Now, the, the Bible split into two parts, right? There's the um, Old Testament part, which is the big bit, probably about two-thirds of it at, at, at the beginning, right? And that's all full of stuff like, you know, laws and sacrifices and strange prophecies and woe is this and woe is that. Plus it's got some interesting stories of people encountering God and things like that it, That in it, you know? And then there's the New Testament bit, which is the bit that starts with Jesus, which is the smaller bit. And that bit has got stories about Jesus and it's got some... Um, teachings that were written to the church. And then it ends with the weirdest book of all called Revelation. And I want to talk about how we read the weird stuff this morning, yeah? (laughs) Because I like the weird stuff, some of the weird stuff in the Bible. And I find that quite a lot of the time, a lot of us, we stick, don't we, a lot of the time to the easy bits, don't we? The bits about Jesus, and some of the bits in the New Testament, and probably we go into the Old Testament, we read the Psalms, because they're quite easy to read, and I, I think Proverbs is quite cool, I quite like that as well. But you get into some of these stuff about woe to Edom, and destruction to this, that, and the other, and then you get into the law, and building temples, and things like that, and you think, that's, that's not relevant at all. And yet, I want us to just read something out of the New Testament now, as, as a Bible verse for us to base what we talk on here. Okay, and it's in um, 2
1: Timothy, chapter 3, verse 15 to 17. And it says here, and how from infancy you've known the Holy
0: Scriptures. Now, these Holy Scriptures they're talking about here are actually the ones in the Old Testament, the ones that are hard for us to read, yeah? It says... Because these these New Testament bits weren't yet scripture; they hadn't yet come about; they hadn't yet been written and put into the Bible. The Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation uh, through faith in in Christ Jesus, well, they were written before that. How can that happen? All Scripture is God-breathed, all of it, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness.
1: So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, that's what we're going to look at today,
0: in the short time we got left. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to just start with some just things I just felt the Holy Spirit shared with me this morning when I was praying. I thought, you know, who does God want to speak to this morning? Because in one sense... We can all get something out of reading the Bible. And I had no idea, because this is how the Holy Spirit and the Word kind of work together. Because I had no idea what demon was going to prophesy. But the first thing that I felt God saying is, is I felt him saying that there was somebody here and your life at the moment is feeling really unstable and up and down. And I just felt the Holy Spirit wants to say to you that... Through the Bible, through the words, through some of the tips that we're going to learn this morning, there is an answer to help get your, bot, your life on a stable footing. I just feel also that there's a man here and it feels like somehow, I don't know what, what it is, maybe, you know, some massive change happened in your life and it feels like your roots have been pulled out from underneath you and you feel like a bit rootless and a bit like you haven't got any roots. There's some keys in what we're going to share this morning about how to get some roots and foundations into your life.
1: There's some people who are feeling shaken this morning by stuff. There's some keys to help you be stable.
0: There's someone here and you've been doubting your faith. You've been having thoughts come into your mind that have really been doubting your faith and doubting what you believe some keys that will come this morning from the Bible that will help you do that. And so I just wanted to just start with that. And so if we're going to tackle the Bible, so how do we read it? And I'm going to just give you some stuff. This is the way I do it. It might work differently for you, but we'll just have a, have a go with it. Um,
1: and first of all, that our view what's called a worldview, if you
0: like, our mindset, the way we think about things, and the way we think the big story of the Bible, called the narrative, all hangs together, that will determine how we read and understand the bits of the Bible. So just bear with me, that sounds all very intellectual and highfalutin, but just bear with me and I'll show you what I mean by that. Because basically, all of us here are 21st century, yeah, um, Western, unless we've, there's a few Africans, so you're African, but 21st century Western people who love Jesus,
1: yeah? The difficulty that we've got is that even though the Bible is for us, as we read in
0: that bit there... It wasn't actually written to 21st century Western people living in England. And that then sometimes causes us a bit of a problem when we kind of read it. Because we're kind of looking at it as though, because that's who we are. We can't help who we are. And we look at it like that. And sometimes we need a bit of help to kind of get into our head who it was actually written to at the time, because that, that does help us understand it, but it can also get us into a pickle if we read it wrong, yeah? So, um, I've had some experience dealing in work with people from slightly different cultures, and I do some work with people in Germany and Switzerland, right? And they're pretty close to us, really. They're not that far away. They're Western, whatever. Um, and but, but you, uh, and the people in the office, when I'm on the phone to these people, they just laugh at me so much when I'm trying to talk to them. Because we have conversations a bit like this. The documents that you've just sent me are incorrect. No, they are not. They are correct. No, 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 no. They're not right. You, you gave me a quote based on this, this, and this. No, that is against the rules in Germany. No, 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 no. You don't understand. You quoted me that. No, it is against the rules to do it that way in Germany. No, 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 no. No, you gave me that price and that cover. Um, No, we cannot. That is not possible. It is against the rules. Right? And all we're dealing with there is a slightly different culture, yes, and a different language. Now, when we read the Bible, we've got culture, difference, Middle Eastern kind of stuff. We've got time written thousands of years ago, so you've got a massive gap there, right? And then we've got language as well. It was written in a different language and has had to be translated into our language. So those things can kind of get in the can be make it a bit tricky sometimes. Um, However, there are some clues within the Bible in terms of how to read it. That's not all doom and gloom, and it's, it's impossible for us to, us to understand. Now, um, what I'm going to do now is I don't know whether you, you, you sometimes hear these sort of books that get out there sometimes about there's the secret code that's written in the Bible or the mysteries that are hidden in the Bible that are going to uh, 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 do things, right? Well, before you throw me off, let me finish the sentence. I'm actually now going to show to you
1: what the secret code is in the Old Testament bit of the Bible. Yeah? Matter of fact, it wasn't me, actually.
0: It was Jesus that that actually did that. And in Luke 24, verse 27, and because we're running out of time, I'm just going to paraphrase it. Jesus said that all of the law... The law is the first few bits of the Bible. You know, all those bits. Moses, he said. Moses and the law. That was the first few bits. All the bits about the sacrifices and the, 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 the funny rules and all the rest of it. And the prophets. So that's bits like Isaiah, Jeremiah, woe is this. Eden is going to be destroyed and all that kind of stuff. In there, that was about him. And then he walked along giving this teaching on the Bible that would have been absolutely amazing,
1: explaining all that that it's about him. So when we read some of that stuff, look for Jesus in it. Yeah? So, things like, For unto us a child is born, unto
0: us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Written in Isaiah about Jesus. A virgin shall uh, be with child and and, and give birth to child. About Jesus. All the stuff about the, the, um, them building the temple and the tabernacle and how that's all got to be done. The New Testament tells us that's all just, just was like a picture of real worship that we can experience. Um, so Jesus is the one that's hidden, hidden in there. The other thing that Jesus says about it is that he, in Matthew 5.17, he said that he hadn't come to abolish the Old Testament bit, but to fulfill it. So, in other words, He is the fulfillment of all that bit. So, if you're trying to read something in there and, and think, you think, well, how did Jesus fulfill all that kind of stuff? Yeah? And then, about bit, here's, here's a good one I found recently about the law. Yeah? The bit that's all, you know, you'll be stoned for this and you shouldn't do this and you need to wash yourself before you do that and, and, and all the rest of it. This is how Jesus described the law in Matthew 20, twenty-three, twenty-three. He said to the Pharisees, they were spending all their time following all these
1: rules, and Jesus said, you're missing the point. Look for mercy, justice, and faithfulness. Because uh, Jesus
0: said that he puts, he's not abolished the law, but he puts it in our heart." So all that stuff is is God hasn't suddenly changed, all that stuff there. But but what it is, is is that we look at it through our cultural mindset and and things like that, and we look at it differently. But in actual fact, God is a God of mercy, justice, and faithfulness. And that's his character, and that's what he's about, and that's what the, the Bible's about. It's about introducing us to this person that's full of mercy, justice, and faithfulness, And so when you come before him and you pray and you're talking to him, you're engaging with someone who's not about judgment and whacking you over the head and whatever, but he's about mercy, justice, and faithfulness. And if you need justice in your life, go to him. If you need faithfulness and you're feeling let down, go to him.
1: If you need some mercy, go to him. Yeah? Yeah? So what I'm just going to do now is the second
0: half of what I'm going to talk about, I'm just going to give some tips for reading, reading the Bible and how we can
1: encounter Jesus through the Bible. The first tip I've got here, number one, okay, is really simple. Just read it for the sake of reading it. Yeah? Or if you struggle
0: with reading for one reason or another, and get an audio version and listen to it. Yeah? Because Jesus described the scripture, the word, as being like bread that feeds us. Yeah? And it feeds our soul, it feeds our spirit, it connects us with Him. You know what I mean? And and, and, and I just encourage you, just read it as bread. Yeah. Read it as though. You know, some of it might taste like broccoli, but just read it. (laughs) And some of it might be a wonderful curry. Do you know what I mean? But just (laughs) but just 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 read it for the sake of it, because what it does is it feeds into your into your soul and into your spirit. And then what then happens is is just like when Jesus was tempted and under pressure, what came out was the stuff he'd been reading. It's it was all from the Old Testament. If you read the temptation of Jesus, there's a little homework if someone wants some. It was all coming out of stuff that he'd been reading. He was under pressure. You know, it feels like God's a million miles away because you're not getting dreams and visions at the moment or whatever. But you've got that, that word that's coming out. Yeah? Um, and that's one of the ways that you get that solid, stable foundation in your faith just by feeding it in. A bit like eating a healthy diet. Yeah, and, and it gets in there. And it's amazing sometimes when you're just under pressure or something like that, it's, it's something just comes. It could be something as simple as the Lord is my shepherd. Just because just that 23rd Psalm's gone in there. You know, and, and, and that just comes into your head and you know that God is speaking to you. Because one of the things about the Bible is it says it's God-breathed. Yeah, sometimes we struggle, sometimes, don't we, hearing God, and yet we can read something there that was breathed by him, so how much, e- what's, Don't you think that's probably the easiest way, I mean, this is quite, it's not theological, this, it's just, anyway, that's probably about the easiest way of God speaking to us, because taking something that he's already breathed, because we spend, a, we, we did a whole season, didn't we, on hearing God and stuff about pictures and visions and dreams, and those things come, but the Bible's there, yeah, and it's breathed, yeah, and just, just take it and read this stuff that's breathed by him, yeah, and the bit I said earlier about some of these biases that we have because of our worldview, our Western worldview, this is the intellectual bit for those who like the intellectual bits. Here are some of the ones that I'm just going to give you some little tips just to look out for so that we can do it so here's the first one and this is where some people get into a pickle okay and just listen to me before you stone me be careful about how we read literal interpretations of stuff in there yeah the bible's true totally true but remember it wasn't written to us in our culture. Two people like us, So we just have to be a little bit careful sometimes about what it means. And let me give you, let me give you a sort of an example. Now, each year regularly, we the, the church with loads of other Christians, we go, don't we, to um, a festival called Catalyst Christian Festival. Yeah. Now, imagine one of us describing that, and we might say, we might say something like, "Wow, it was amazing. The presence of God was there. There were." There were loads of Christians everywhere camping in Coventry, yeah? We might describe it like that. Now imagine then if somebody from a totally different culture, totally different language, thousands of years later, read that. They might read it like, um, and they weighed all the people that were there. And behold, they were very heavy. There was much weight and the whole of Coventry was filled with Christians. Yes? Now that's a silly example, but that's my read it because you've got to you do know that. And sometimes we, to, to get to, to grips with some of that stuff, we kind of have to just, just think, what does it actually mean there, and there in that setting? What did they understand about it? So when you read the Old Testament prophecies, for example, okay, what was going on? Now, you've got to do a bit of Googling and a bit of research sometimes if you want to get into that. But, you know, if you're reading some of them, you know, they, they, they were there. They were, some of them were about a time where they, they were about to be kind of flattened by the Babylonians coming over. And other times they were about different countries and that. You know, if it talks about Edom or whatever, and that's not Edom the cheese, it's Edom. Um, you know, Google, find out about Edom, find out what was going on. And it just brings it alive a little bit, yeah? And helps us just get under the skin of what they're saying. Here's another one where, where we kind of, some, some, sometimes we go a bit wrong. Is, is we try and intellectualize the Bible in like a systematic kind of way. Now, I've got this book at home. It's about Fat Vic. And it's called Systematic Theology. Okay? And it's actually quite a good book. There's some quite good stuff in there. Okay? But here's the problem, is the Bible isn't really a systematic theology. I'm sorry if that's upset some people. But it's about a living God relating to and connecting with people. And there are some rules and principles and laws and ways that he does things which are in there. But it's about him revealing himself and connecting with us and relating to people and different types of people and that sort of things. But it's a very Western way of thinking to think it's all got to order. And the problem with those kind of things is, and when I've read this book, I've come across some, is all of a sudden you'll come, ac- you'll come across some verse, some bit in the Bible that just messes with your ordered theology. And then you start throwing yourself into doubt because I can guarantee whatever set of theology, unless you trying to dispute the very basics of the Christian faith. Whatever, not such as a virgin birth or something, but whenever you get something, you will find stuff that just doesn't seem, just hold it loosely. Yeah? It's God, and this is him interacting. Yeah? Here's probably the most important point of the whole lot, okay? Teaching in the Bible, teaching to us is kind of a bit like... um, going to school isn't it and you sit down and you have a lecture and you learn the stuff and you produce an essay or an assignment or a multi-choice thing and that's how we learn okay teaching to jesus and in the bible is a completely different concept yeah it's a totally different concept this is jesus's way of teaching jesus's way of teaching was okay you've seen me do some stuff Okay, now what I want you to do is go out to those villages and have a go at at healing some people yourself. Yeah? Um, Jesus himself said that, um, didn't he, the the difference between, you know, there's a story about the um, building on the rock and building on the sand. Yeah, the wise man built his house upon the rock. You know, kids sing it, and the foolish man built his house upon the sand. The difference between the two was the one that did it and the one that didn't do it. It wasn't anything to do with the one that learnt it yeah and that so what the bible is about when we're reading it we're not trying to get to grips with an understanding and a doctrine of how you heal the sick you're kind of going out there and saying okay let's have a go at praying for some people let's have a go at listening to god and prophesying and then we use the bible as a foundation for how we do it we want to encounter the The bible is full if you, if, you, if you don't understand any of the weird bits at all, because we haven't got time to even look at some of them, I was going to do some of them. If we, if we, if we if haven't got time to do anything at all, look at how God is encountering with people. Yeah. So if you want to read the book of Revelation, look at how it encounters with John. So if you don't understand any of the other bits about the beasts and all that kind of stuff, which we could have done if we had time, just look at how he does it, because that's what he wants. He wants to give us an encounter an experience with him. And that's what the Bible's about. It's about saying, there's something in here that I want to experience, that I want to encounter. It's, that's, that's what it's about. Yeah? Um, I, ca- I, I had a privilege a number of years ago of, of listening to one of the um, first Chinese Christians that kind of came out, because that, that they, they used to be... Locked in China and they couldn't get out. And this lady was teaching about, and she became a Christian in the 1970s, when it was just no one even knew there was any Christians left there. And they became a number of them became Christians in the early 1970s. And all they had of the Bible was one little bit. Yeah. So they'd learnt the rest of it by oral teaching from people who'd been around from the missionaries. And they got one little bit of the Bible that they had almost passed around. And it was a little bit that I mentioned earlier about where Jesus sent the disciples out to the villages to preach the gospel, pray for the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. That's the only bit of the Bible they had. So they thought, right, that's the bit we've got. So that's what we must do. That's what Christians must do. That's the only bit they had. That's all they knew. That's what Christians must do. We must go into different villages in China. We must share the Christian faith. We must pray for the sick and heal them. And that's what they used to do. They used to turn up, and that's what they said, and they saw amazing miracles and stuff happen. That's the power of the, of the Bible. Yeah. Here's another little Western thing that can get in the way as well. Is We live, don't we, in a very much a fast food or go to a restaurant type mentality, you know, I meet make for lunch we go for lunch or we'll, you know or you'll get that, and we, the problem is that we can be a bit like that with reading the Bible we can be a bit like, well, I want, I'll, I'll have my fast food, I'll hope the preacher's entertaining on Sunday, that'll be a bit of a restaurant so he's prepared for it, or I'll try and get a quick fast fast bite from some little snippet from somewhere, which is better than nothing the problem is, is you end up overweight and, 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 and not getting a balanced diet. I encourage you dig into the Bible for yourself. Put a bit of effort in. Sorry that's a bit of a hard word, but believe me, it will it will give you fr- result. Yeah? Prepare the meal yourself. Yeah? Make it a bit more interesting. Research some of the stuff. Google it. That's one thing we have got in the West that you know, we didn't you know, Google it. you know, look up some of the stuff. I mean careful where your sources are, but but just just dig into it, read it properly, study it, yeah? Another one is meditate on it as well. It says the psalmist said, didn't he, that I'm on your word, I meditate day and night. I do that sometimes. I'll just take a bit, I'll lie in bed when I'm struggling to sleep and I'll just let stuff just
1: meditate around my head, thinking it through, meditating on it, yeah? Um, and, you know, and there's a the question. What do you need God to speak to you about now?
0: What do you need? What are you battling with? What is the the thing that you're struggling to work through? I encourage you, speak to God, interact with the Holy Spirit, and dig into the Bible all at the same time. I guarantee you, somewhere there, there will be the answer. There is the answer to all sorts of things. You know, I found recently... Now, this is, this is, a, this is a, a funny one. I found recently that there's a bit in the Bible that will tell you how to invest in your pension scheme. <laughs> you don't believe me? Read Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and it talks there about investing and diversifying your risk. you look it up (laughs) look it up for yourself there is stuff there for how to run your business there's stuff there for how to run your life some of you that know me for a while know how I've battled with anxiety and I know there are other people here who battle with anxiety here's one for you and this has really helped me this is how I've dealt with it is search because there are all sorts of searches that we've got now search for every reference in the Bible to do with anxiety and read it It is loads in there about dealing with anxiety. So if you battle with anxiety, yeah, we can pray for you and whatever. Read the Bible. It will tell you how to deal with it.
1: Yeah? And the antidote to anxiety is peace. That's the answer that the Bible gives. Yep. So we've run out of time, unfortunately, because I've got a load of other points.
0: That's because I haven't had time to structure this properly with the time. Um, so what I encourage you to do is to get a passion
1: for God's word. Connecting with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? And connect with the Holy Spirit and the Word together. And let Jesus change your life. Yeah. We haven't got time to look at how we read Revelation and all that kind of stuff. That's what I was going to do. But if you're one of those points of the
0: people that we mentioned earlier. We'd love to pray for you, but the answer is in the Bible. So if you are struggling at the moment, feeling really
1: unstable and up and down, there's a way of getting the rock in your life, through the Bible, through reading it and
0: applying it. If you're the man here who feels your roots have been taken away, there's some new roots and foundations that... that god can put in through his word and if you're feeling shaken and wobbly at the moment then the answer's in there and it was awesome having dima prophesying that stuff before so so you saw how the word and the, the bible and the prophetic can come
1: together It was almost like a live demonstration um so we've run out of time so that's the end